Welcome to Building the Future. I'm your host, Kevin Horick. You can check out the radio version of the show every Tuesdays and Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern on WDJY 99.1 in Atlanta. We also air on a podcasting network in Los Angeles called the 405 Media. There's a TV version of the show that airs on KMVT 15 in Silicon Valley at 8 p.m. Pacific on Tuesday nights. Both versions of the show air in other states. For these show times plus past episodes, please visit the show's website at buildingthefutureshow.com. The music for the show is done by Electric Mantra. You can check them out at electricmantra.com. Join me at the 10th Annual Media Excellence Awards on January 18th in Beverly Hills, California. The attendees and I will be celebrating innovation and leadership in technology and entertainment. There are 20 award categories with 1,000 nominees. These awards honor those who are creating groundbreaking technology to better our lives and celebrate the hard work, determination, and brilliance in the leadership within the companies which create the new world we live in today. I will be recording nominees and winners at the awards. For tickets and more information, go to MediaXAwards.com. Welcome back to the show. Today we have Scott Holmes. He's the CEO and co-founder at Immortal, and he's also an investor and advisor. Scott, welcome to the show. Thank you, Kevin. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on the show. Uh, you're, you're, you've done some really cool things. You're, you're doing some really cool things. But maybe before we kind of get into all that fun stuff, let's get to know you a little bit better and start off with where you grew up. Ah, we're going to go back that far, huh? Okay, I, yes, I'm, I'm <laughs> I'll give you the short version. We, uh, um, I'm actually from Florida okay. um, originally, okay. uh, though I've been in California for the majority of my life, um, going on 30 years now. So uh, here in southern, southern uh, sunny California, uh, <laughs> just north of Los Angeles, on the way to Santa Barbara. So it's been absolutely beautiful here. And uh, I've been in, you know, the world of, of uh, marketing, brand marketing, digital marketing, pretty much my whole life. Um, cut my teeth with a company uh, called Doc Martens Footwear. I'm okay. sure you've heard. Yeah, yeah very much so. Uh, built, the, built the brand on the feet of artists. And uh, then, yeah, and then moved into um, the digital space when the Internet came around in the, the mid-90s. And I quickly jumped on board the digital bandwagon and um, had an agency for, gosh, 15, well, yeah, almost 15 years. So um, we, uh, I exited that uh, a few years ago, and really helping startups has been my passion. And uh, I've recently uh, started um, or helped to, to start uh, my own company, having built other people's brands for, for so many years, um, now building one of, uh, one of our own. And that's that's where Immortal comes in. Uh, it's a it's a Immortal Energy. It's a healthier alternative to energy drinks out there. It's essentially superfoods and and uh, triple distilled coffee. Interesting. So I, I want to dive obviously more into exactly what you guys do, but I want to step back for a second and talk about how why did you decide to co-found this and, and walk us through the journey of kind of deciding like we need to you know do this and then you're like you know because now you're the ceo and you you're a co-founder so walk us through how you came to decide to actually found this thing well i uh i like to to call it uh co-creator and you know i think in any company in any startup it it really comes down to who do you have around you and 
how you're going to help one another to really build uh, a company to a level that that um, the community embraces one and for us you know how we build a efficacious product that uh, that people love and enjoy um, and the quick version of how that, that started, which is, uh, one of, uh, the, uh, my, my co-founder, uh, Johnny Balick, uh, was, um, uh, he, he was an herbalist and okay. he was working okay. with me at, at, uh, my former agency at United Future. And, and it, you know, it was not in a beverage form at the time. It was, uh, powders and tinctures. And I was quite frankly, uh, taking the powder and put, mixing it in, you know, uh, uh, shakes or teas or whatever I could put it in. And uh, it just felt better. <laughs> okay. like I just love the product. And yeah, and Johnny, you know, knowing that um, I've been helping startups was like, you know, hey, would I be interested in this? And and I said, well, if you're willing to make it into a beverage, I think we got something here. And and that's where the spark happened. Very so, cool. So, you know, the journey, yeah, the journey is, is much longer. And, and it took us a, almost a year to formulate um, into a beverage and and going through the the uh, the, the process of, of uh, commercializing. And we have only officially uh, launched this year. In fact, we launched at uh, Expo West uh, out there in Anaheim, the Natural Beverage Show, and and took home uh, Best of Show right out of the gate. Congrats, man! That's that's really cool, right? And and to it's well, I I don't know much about the space, and correct me if I'm wrong, but basically, obviously, like your your co-founder and co-creator had you know has been doing this for a while, but for you guys to go from basically having kind of an idea to actually making this a real business and kind of launching and winning in, in like a, a year, year or so is a huge accomplishment, right? Especially in, in the beverage space. Is that, is that fair to say? That, that is fair to say. And, and as I mentioned, it really comes down to the people you surround yourself with. And, sure. and uh, early on, um, I knew that, you know, we were going to really need some, some qualified experts in the beverage space. It's a very capital intensive uh, uh, business. It's, it's uh, I like to call it, um, you know, the beverage industry is the new tech. Sure. And uh, we 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 brought. Um, uh, well, one of my dear friends is is uh, Jim Tonkin, um, who is really thought of as the healthy beverage guru, and has has helped uh, uh, really the CEOs of companies take it to to the level that he has. And you know, I'll mention some names, which I'm sure you're familiar: Zico Coconut Water, yeah. and and uh, helping Mark uh, Rampola and, and and his company take it from inception to commercialization to exit. Very cool. um, and uh, Suja Juice, uh, which is down in San Diego, uh, really one of the f- uh, first uh, cold pressed juices. And so Jim is is a, a real expert, and and uh, he was one of the first people we went to to say, hey, are you interested in this? And and he was so interested, he came on board, and he's now chairman of the board. Oh, very cool. That's that's awesome, man. So for people that haven't heard of um, Immortal, what exactly is it? You kind of quickly covered it, but I, I really want to kind of dive into exactly what it is, and then we'll we'll keep going. Sure. I well I. Uh, the I'm sure many of you uh, and of your listeners uh, drink coffee. Sure. Well, this is all unlike day. any kind of coffee <laughs> all day. <laughs> this is unlike any unlike any kind of coffee you've ever had. Okay, uh, it is it is a coconut base. Um, it is infused with uh, superfoods, uh, maca, highest elevation of Peru, rhodiola, uh, and chia. And it just, it packs this amazing healthy punch. Um, it's a unique triple distillation, much okay. like you would think in spirits. 
but um, triple distillation process for the Arabica coffee provides a higher potency with less acidity and it's very pure. So we have really produced this without any additives, preservatives, uh, fillers. I mean, it is a truly efficacious drink and we call it immortal energy because those superfoods I mentioned are really nature's energy. And, uh, you know, the whole purpose is to, you know, I have two boys, I have a a six year old and an eight year old, and and I don't want them growing up on, on the energy drinks that are out there today though. I know, you know, these, these, there's a lot of kids out there drinking far too many energy drinks and the way that they're processed, um, is, is, uh, well, I won't go too deep into it, but sure. you can do your own homework. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's a chemical process. It's, 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 it's very, uh, unhealthy and, and it's quite scary. So we really wanted to create that healthier alternative. That was, uh, the way nature intended. No, I, that's, that's really cool. So for people that haven't heard of it or, or seen it, is it a cold? Is it hot? Can it be both? Cause I'm, I'm looking at your site even right now and it, it looks like it's kind of on tap at, at, at certain locations. Is that fair to say? That is fair to say. So it's uh, only in Southern California right now, but we're, we'll roll out here in the next uh, year. Okay. And uh, it is, it is on tap. Okay. Uh, nitro super coffee and the nitrogen actually is uh, part of our, our secret sauce and, and, and how we, um, uh, maintain without having to have preservatives. Uh, but we are moving to a bottle. In fact, okay. the announcement will be made next year. Uh, we will be coming out with a, uh, uh, 11 ounce, uh, uh, bottle. Okay. And that will really help us to expand our reach, uh, expand, uh, into natural and healthy grocers. Uh, we'll maintain the on tap because, because I think uh, people love it and, sure. you know, it comes out with that nice little smooth, uh, uh, head, if you will. And, and I, it's just, it's really tasty, by the way, it's been called, um, liquid luxury, uh, Very cool. by, uh, yeah, by vegan chef, uh, Julie Morris. Sure. That's really cool. So is it, is it, can it be served hot or cold or it doesn't matter? Uh, it's it served cold. Okay. Um, okay. you could, yeah, you, be, and that's really the basis of the nitrogen. I mean, nitrogen chills it and right. it's kept as refrigerated. It's a refrigerated drink. It's, a uh, um, uh, really, and it's meant to be refrigerated. So it doesn't have a long shelf life. Again, goes back to if we're going to make healthier products and, and you don't want to use, uh, uh, a lot of the fillers and chemicals required to create what they call shelf stable product. Sure. I mean, anything that is not refrigerated and last, uh, 12 months, I would be suspect of what's uh, actually in it. <laughs> yeah. Especially when it's like so, meat or something is weird, right? Like, like, uh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Yes. I, yeah. I, no, I, I, I totally get that. So uh, I'm really <laughs> curious about kind of how do you go from, making a beverage to actually getting it kind of, you know, manufactured, um, and getting it kind of, as we talked earlier about getting a co-packer and how do you kind of get it from idea to actually having something, but then kind of getting it mass produced and bringing it to market. Yeah. Yeah. Inception to commercialization is, is really the, probably the hardest, uh, uh, entrepreneurial chasm, uh, to, when you can do that effectively and, you know, there, there is, there is no direct path, right? So okay. I can't be here and say, well, this is how, you know, step one through five. Sure. Um, but I also but think that's important first... to mention too, right? That it's, 
it's everybody's journey is different, right? You can't really follow, you know, somebody else's story to, you know, step That's by right. step. That's right. And, and, you know, actually it's interesting. Journey is an important word there because it is a journey and it's also a customer journey, right? I mean, sure. in the, my days of the agency, we, we used to um, create, you know, what is a customer journey and the shift of, of, uh, you know, everyone's heard about, you know, talks about the millennial audience and, yep. and, and it's what, whatever name we want to give them. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm a Gen Xer and, uh, but the millennial audience is, is, um, uh, I just, I, I embrace them because they really are, um, you know, they want to change the world and they care about the environment. Um, they care about sustainable brands. They care about brands that, that really have a, uh, a mission to do good sure. and, you know, it's okay. You, you can actually make money in this world and do good at the same time. So, you know, that's what we set out to do. And, and, and we, you know, initially mixed the product and we took it to, uh, um, our audience. In okay. fact, we started in music festivals. Um, oh, very cool. You know, oh yeah. So, uh, lucidity and lightning in a bottle and, and, uh, further future. You probably heard of some of these, yep. but, you know, this is this is our audience, and and they, you know, they really they understand herbs, they understand botanicals, they understand superfoods, and they understand sustainability. So, you know, one of our our um, uh, missions is, you know, we don't want to we don't want to put our product in a plastic uh, container because those plastics will be around ten thousand years from now. So, sure. you know, that's one of the reasons we actually went on tap and at first. Interesting. And there's different levels of this, but but if you know, to go back to your question, it's 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 find your audience find out what their interests are right what's the gap in the marketplace for for how we um as a company can produce uh, an efficacious product that that they're you know that they're uh, they can get behind right because they're your new voice box right marketing today where's marketing it's in social media yeah um you know uh, not to get on a little bit of a bandwagon here but when you know, we, we joke about, we used to and joke about the splinter net, right? There were mm -hmm. so many different channels that uh, you could reach your audience through. And, and that was correct for a period of time. And we have all these channels on TV and all these channels online and all these places that we could access and get information. But the truth of it is we've gone full circle, you know, where there used to be only be three networks in, in the sixties. Um, there are now only three networks. Yeah. In the early yeah. two, in you know, 2000 and, and what we're about to go into 2000, we're at 2018. Is I am shocked that we have come full circle to it's Facebook, mm -hmm. it's Google, and Amazon. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, those are the three networks. So, uh, you know, how do you how do you speak to your audience and where and what's the narrative? And it's important that. Um, uh, you do speak to them, meaning having a conversation, not just not just pushing messages. Yeah, no, I I hundred percent agree with you, and and I'm curious then. So you get this product. How did you guys kind of find a co-packer? Because if you're trying to care about all the stuff you just mentioned, that's probably got to eliminate some of the co-packers out there. Is, is that fair to say? Man, you are uh, spot on, uh, Kevin. Okay. Um, I would say the majority, I, I, and I want to put a percentage, but let's say it's the percentage is a lot closer to 100% than it is 50. Got you. Is, uh, you know, co-packers, it's like the industrial age. Sure. Um, you know, they, they're working with equipment that is uh, 20, 30 years old, 
and uh, it is very challenging um, to find a co-packer that that does not want to. Uh, it's got to fit within their mold, right? right. That's how they make money, and, and they're making money with with brands that have been in production and ha- reached certain volumes. And in order to 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 match the the um, uh, the existing pipeline, if you will, you have to fit into their pipeline. They're not very willing to fit into your new way of, of producing products. So it eliminated the majority of, of, of uh, co-packers that we can move forward with. And what we ended up ultimately doing is, is we had to create what's called a linear model, which is we found a co-packer willing to um, uh, venture into this new space of of uh, natural and, and efficacious products and w- without the, the, the chemical and, and, you know, fillers and flavors and all the stuff that they put in it. And so we essentially have our equipment that we've designed and proprietary process of, of uh, how we produce this is we put this in their facility. So it's essentially a linear production inside a larger facility that they uh, are partners in, in how we produce it. So they oh, see the vision, gosh. they see the growth, they see the opportunity, and very few did and very few uh, will. But what will happen is as, as uh, these success stories start to grow, you know, other co-packers are going to realize they have to, like everything else, right, you know, the consumer's demands change, and either the co-packers will change or they'll die. Yeah, no, that's just, yeah, there's not really a... That's not, yeah, that's exactly what's going to happen, and I agree with you. So I'm curious then, so you guys are kind of, you mentioned all over Southern California. How did you actually get into kind of the places that you're in? Because, and I again, I'm relating this to kind of the, the beer kind of side of things. From what I understand about just like beer shelf space in a, in a retail location is, you basically have to pay for it and it's really hard because it's kind of dominated by, you know, the a couple big brands. Is is it the same kind of struggle with kind of doing a beverage as well or or walk me through kind of that, the struggle of getting it mm-hmm. into actual establishments. And you guys are on tap, so I get you guys set yourself apart and that was potentially maybe one of the reasons why you decided to go on tap. That 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 is, and um, again, you're correct in that it's still a, a a bit of the conversation of old guard, new guard. Um, you know, we always heard the the stories of of you know large retailers kind of pushing their are not retailers, but but manufacturers, yeah, um, pushing their their weight and their size and their you know brute force to be able to get the shelf space, and quite frankly, most of the times they have to pay for that, and that. Um, that model's uh, being a little disrupted as well. Oh, so, interesting. Okay. Yeah, it, I mean, it goes back to who our customer is, and as the millennial force is is a much greater buying force, and the you know the the uh, channels have have really been leveled. The opportunity, <clears throat> excuse me, has been leveled for brands, and if consumers are demanding it, then these grocers, natural grocers, healthy elixir bars. Uh, you know, the today it, the dominant players are not necessarily that dominant anymore, right? Interesting. <laughs> so, sure. Um, you know, for us, uh, we went after the smaller, um, more notable, influential uh, juice bars and elixir bars and coffee bars, and that's where our audience is. Mm-hmm. And they are at uh, you know a place called uh, Airwan 
market down okay. in, in uh, Southern California, which is uh, in Santa Monica and Beverly Hills and, you know, it's in Venice. So, uh, so these healthier grocers, right? I mean, they make a point of being disruptive and you don't have the same model. And if, as long as you are, as long as you, your customer is interested in, and Hey, it all comes down to whether your product sells, if you're getting the velocity, uh, which is, you know, how many units per day per door, um, that, uh, that these, uh, grocers and retailers and even juice bars, uh, expect, then you're great, right? You're going to mm-hmm. make it. So you have to have a good product first. I mean, back to your first question of how do you go from, from, uh, conception to commercialization, um, make a good product that people like. <laughs> sure. Well, yeah, it sounds so simple, so, but yeah, that's a lot harder than, yeah, but agreed. Yeah. hundred percent agree. Right. Like it is, it is not simple, but it, but it is important and you continually test it. And that's, and we did that. We I mean, we tested it and tested it and tested it and we're still testing it. And, um, you know, and it just improves and every time that you prove it a little bit more and, and you start to get a more of a following and then you get the buy-in from, from your earlier retailers. And in our case, it was uh, Sun Life Organics and Juice Ranches and Air Wands of the world, the real, you know, the real influential um, smaller locations, but very, <laughs> don't underestimate because they, they do a great business and, and they, they are very strong in their category. So if you get the premier um, uh, locations, mm-hmm. you can then parlay that into larger. And by the time you get to the larger chains, you already have a tremendous following and you really don't need to uh, um, convince them that this product is right for their shelf. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's really cool. So I, I'm curious though, to maybe move a little bit away from kind of immortal and start talking about some of the other stuff that you're involved in. Um, you're, you're also an, an advisor to renewables energy company, which I think basically ties into kind of, it seems like kind of your mission along kind of a lot of the stuff you've been doing, right. Um, where you're kind of giving back as well and, and, and building a business around kind of giving back. So what exactly is the renewables company and, and why did you decide to become an advisor? Yes. Um, so I will, it's a, it's a large story that I'll do my best to condense because you, you, you touched on it. It's like, how, how can I, um, be involved in something one that aligns, uh, in everything else that I'm doing and two, um, meets my criteria and mission of how can we seriously make the world a better place? Sure. And, and I, you know, I've always been in the natural products and natural industries, and and um, uh, I believe in in how we can uh, lift right uh, uh, society. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the world as a whole, um, it is sad, <laughs> quite frankly, sure, yeah. that you know we, we still have thirty percent of the of of the world out there who is in you know impoverished. Uh, in fact, for Immortal, you know, a, a lot of the farmers in the places where we actually source our uh, botanicals and superfoods and ingredients, um, you know, these are third world countries. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, one of our mission is, is we want to be able to help those farmers and help those um, uh, uh, families that, that are, you know, part of that whole circle of life ecosystem. And so that got me to thinking, and, and um, I'm going to mention something which I'm sure, again, your listeners are, are have, if, if, if they've either either heard of it or they're well invested in it already. Okay. Which is the blockchain. Yep. And 
one of the things that that cryptocurrencies and the blockchain have have afforded us is a realization that uh, we really have a tool here. We have a platform here where we can lift those impoverished uh, countries and nations. And uh, a dear friend of mine has, was in the renewable space for many years, Dan Bates, and he uh, uh, started a, a company called Impact PPA. Okay. Impact PPA, which PPA stands for, stands for Power Purchase Agreement, is a renewables uh, clean energy company. And they are, um, unlike, you know, the big utility companies, I mean, they're really, they're in 35 countries already. They're wow. delivering, um, yeah, they're, they're delivering solar and wind combined power to these locations that just can't afford or doesn't, doesn't currently have power. And so um, if we, if you look at, uh, uh, again, an example of one that I'll use and, uh, well, actually, before I do that, let me just tell you real quickly what it is. Sure. Is the entire um, uh, grid, if you will, is going to reside on the blockchain. Sure. Now, what the power of this is, is there of those 30% or greater of people that I just mentioned and living in these third world countries, the majority are unbanked. Okay. So they really don't have a way to pay for power, even if they were to get power. <laughs> uh, interesting. Yet, they all have a mobile device. Mm -hmm. So they have a mobile phone. They don't have a bank. But if we put in a energy system, a, a clean energy, renewables energy system, through the governments or through uh, the utility companies that are there, and we impart help to finance that system and have those end consumers pay via their mobile device on the blockchain, they will be able to, for the, you know, whether it's a day, a week, or a month, pay for their utilities via their mobile phone. And all these transactions are happening on the blockchain. We're about to announce, yep, and we're about, it's very interesting. So now the very farmers that we are um, uh, getting product from we can help light up their community, light up their uh, uh, facility or farm. And, and, and <laughs> literally every step of the way, whether it's the utility, whether it's uh, the product that, that goes through the distribution or the supply chain uh, path, uh, when it comes into the states, when we manufacture it, it's all going to reside on the blockchain. Yeah, so when the consumer at the end of the day purchases that product, would you, how do you really know that it's mm -hmm. organically certified or sure. that, you know, what the time date stamp is for when you should drink the product by when you have a QR code that basically you can scan and see exactly when that product has come into the, into the country, when it's been manufactured, how long it's good for all at the fingertips of your mobile device. Yeah. Now that's, a, <laughs> that's a world I want to live in. Sure. Well, and, I, go ahead. Keep going. Sorry. Well, one last thing is full circle back to Impact PPA yep. is it's decentralized. Mm -hmm. It is run by the community for the community and paid for. So all of that, that excess uh, red tape and, and um, third party uh, intermediary mm -hmm. is, is really, I won't call it fully eliminated, but it's, it's reduced to such a way that we can actually now service and deliver this for a fraction of the cost, which makes it affordable. Mm -hmm. 
Sure, right? And then, well, you could even use that for for Immortal, right? But 100%. That's the idea. So, you know, I'm, I was more than happy to come aboard uh, Impact PPA. Um, I, I'm, a, I, yeah, I'm an investor. I'm an advisor. Uh, um, I, I love what they're doing over there. I think Dan Bates is, is uh, you know, we knew each other back in the tech world when, mm-hmm. when I had the, the agency. And, and he's an innovator. He's a, uh, uh, an inventor. And he's been in this space for 10 years. And, wow. and quite frankly, you know, it, 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 it <laughs> I, your listeners may not realize this or know this, but, you know, one of the reasons that renewables energy has not taken off is because you have to, uh, when they bid on these larger projects, you have to then get financing for mm-hmm. these projects. And the financing has to come from the government or from the IMF or from some, you know, world source because it is, quote unquote, renewables, right? Yeah. Well, that could take months, years, or never happen. Yep. So these projects rarely get off the ground. Yeah. So for us to be able to come in, actually build it, finance it, deploy it, and have the end user pay for it. Yeah, interesting. Again, the, that's game changing, yeah. really. Game changer. You, Absolutely game changer. It, it's interesting because I have a friend that's doing some stuff in the renewable space, so I, I know a, a bit about it. So, but yeah, to me, that's very much game changing because what you just described is a problem that he's seen throughout his career a bit too, where a lot of the stuff is really cool, but it never kind of makes it past like a research phase at like maybe even an institution, right? And I'm not saying that's bad. It's just they have trouble actually start actually getting it into the market where you're like, this would change you know, many people's lives across the globe. But the fact that you guys have kind of cracked that is really actually fascinating to me. Well, thank you. And and we're about to announce, um, uh, well, we'll give you a little teaser here. Sure. Is to show that, you know, this is more than a concept. And again, taking it from concept to commercialization is uh, we have uh, now secured uh, several contracts uh, they're going to be uh, put on the blockchain uh, through the Impact PPA uh, blockchain. And we are uh, about to announce uh, uh, Haiti, which one of those, again, devastated countries from the, from, uh, the, pr- the prior hurricane. Yeah. And we're, we're talking to uh, uh, people now in Puerto Rico as well who were just sure. uh, devastated by the last hurricane. Is but uh, even Haiti um, has still not recovered uh, sure. from from the one that hit there, and we're about to announce uh, an impact PPA deal uh, with the government that is going to uh, uh, produce a power grid. It's starting with one city and and going across 42 cities in in, in Haiti um, at over 150 kilowatt hours, which is a massive project. All going to be um, uh, purchased basically by the end consumer through a mobile device. That's what they're really excited about. I mean, the seamlessness of, of, of how we can deliver, uh, implement, set up, and I mean in, in record time, wow. and having consumers uh, that otherwise don't have access or means to even pay for energy, now will have so. That's very cool, that's huge. Uh, like, it, it's almost like you can't comprehend how huge that is, right? Because we take for granted so many things in North America that, like, you know, we all have, well, not everybody, but a lot of people have, you know, like, the latest smartphone and a a really nice tablet and then a laptop. But, like, 
you know, we get to experience the internet high speed for the most part on many different screens where a lot, we, I think we forget sometimes in North America that a lot of people will never see the internet on a bigger screen than their phone, right? And it's not at the speeds that we get it at. Like it's, so to me, that's huge, man. That, congrats, that's, that's amazing. Well, well, thank you. And, and as I said, it's not a, it's not any one person that ever gets this done. It's sure. a, it's a community. And, you know, um, I, I, probably a good time to mention, um, uh, so I don't know if someone you, you've come across or, or, uh, know about, but, uh, Brock, uh, Pierce, who is said to be, uh, you know, really one of the godfathers of the ICO, mm-hmm. uh, initial coin offerings. And he is a advocate and really a voice for, for, uh, you know, community around the world. And he, you know, it, he said, I'll, I'll use a quote that, that he uses, which is, you know, if you uh, we talk about, you know, the, the newly minted billionaires, well, the, his definition of a billionaire isn't a billion dollars. It's how do we positively affect a billion people? Interesting. That is a way better way of looking at it. Yeah. And it, and that to me is what it's all about. And if, if you do, you know, if you're doing that and people like Brock and others that uh, have a real mission for change and have a real mission for helping and, and, and making one's life and many lives, many, many lives <laughs> much better, um, the money will come. Uh, you know, it's, 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 a, it's, it's finally time I think people can, can uh, be comfortable with the fact and, and this, this new generation is proving it. It's, it's live your life through experiences, um, live your life, you know, through your passion and, uh, you know, don't chase the dollar because guess what? The dollar is going to change and who's to say what a dollar is anymore. Cause today it's a digital cryptocurrency. Yep. Yeah. Which is wild, right? If you, if you actually think about like, and you, and I think it's going to happen, but like, and there's, there'll be people that don't, that disagree with me, but like when you know, a cryptocurrency is kind of a, the currency of the world or a, or a handful of them or however that shakes out. It's going to be actually really fascinating. And it'll probably happen in most of our lifetimes with or within the next like five to 10 years, potentially, right? It, it will happen. The velocity, that word I've used before in another way, but and, and how I use velocity today is in the time and speed in which it takes for technologies to be a adopted, mm. adapted, mm-hmm. and really becoming more useful, that that time has collapsed. It's amazing. I mean, how, you know, if we think about how fast we thought the internet um, changed the world and changed everyone's lives. I mean, look at, you know, again, I go back to, to Amazon, right? Yeah. And you've got uh, um, on a path to become one of the first probably trillion dollar uh, market cap companies. And, you know, Jeff Bezos always had the vision. But today, what the blockchain has the potential of doing is expediting that, in fact, uh, um, reinventing, right, what we think of the Internet, because this is really, from a crypto level, this is really meant to to uh, ride atop of or maybe even displace the Internet for, you know, a new Internet called the blockchain. That's what is so exciting about this field, and it's going to happen faster than we think. So I think you're right and to say it's going to be five years instead of 10. Sure. And I also think to just kind of what we've been talking about this whole show is it might not be, it might take 10 years, say in North America, but like in other parts of the world, they're adopting kind of this technology almost some like a lot faster because they don't have a way to do it now. Like 
with with your your impact ppa like just being able for them to be able to pay finally online with the cryptocurrency like they didn't have a way before so like there's no old system to kind of get rid of they didn't have a system i man kevin you're you i'm smiling from ear to ear because i love my country and i love where i live and i wouldn't change it sure I'm, I'm same here. Yep. here but uh, we could not do what we're doing in this country yeah it, today yeah <laughs> it takes years right it couldn't happen yeah years yeah. And so, you know, what we're able to do and, and what, you know, the, what the uh, communities and governments are doing in places like Japan and South Korea mm-hmm. and even China. I mean, mm-hmm. people, you know, beat up China. But my gosh, I mean, look at uh, if you remember the WeChat. Yeah. I mean, WeChat yeah. has, has been a digital phenom and has 600 million people, you know, transacting digitally uh, every day. Just in China, probably. And most people don't yeah. never even heard of it in North America. Right. Yeah, uh, very, I still come across people who have no idea what WeChat is, and and uh, you know here it's there's right. We knew we heard about WhatsApp when when Facebook purchased them, but mm-hmm. uh, you know very similar technology. Uh, but but you know WeChat has taken it to a whole other level. I mean they're they're using it for uh, everything, yeah. uh, literally everything. You know they're buying dinners at night yeah. with uh, you know via their app. Yeah, well, I was watching a documentary about just kind of like the little tech um, kind of like flea markets there and like a guy would get like a little logic board or something and he would just send the vendor, you know, quick payment through WeChat, right? Like right there, right? It's almost like what we use uh, Square for in, in North America sometimes, but like they just like send it like a message or I know Apple's got their uh, Apple Pay, not that what you can like send money through iMessage. It's, it's the same concept. Like we just started adapting it where company or a country like China has been using basically what Apple and Google has just kind of recently released for for years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they just like you said, they didn't have the infrastructure. So, you know, when the outliers, uh, and I say outliers, meaning that, you know, the millions, if not billions of people that lived outside of the cities, mm-hmm. um, you know, they didn't have to uh, really adopt the old, you know, industry way, they just went right to uh, a mobile device. I yeah. mean, mobile has really um, changed the world. Uh, so, it, you know, it's actually, by the way, why I'm, you know, I've been part of the mobile industry for, for uh, since its inception sure. and, and still part of it. And I'm, I'm absolutely uh, convinced, you know, that we've not even touched, scratched the surface of what it's going to help us do. Sure. So that's actually a really good segue as we're kind of Coming in at close to the end of the show, I, I really want to talk about your involvement with, you know, the Interactive Television Alliance, um, you know, and, and kind of the mo- you've been a mobile ambassador for the Media Excellence Awards. I, I kind of want to talk about that to kind of close out the show. So walk us through kind of your involvement with, with those organizations and why you decided to get involved. I, I'm sure it's pretty clear at this point because we've been kind of covering why, but you know, for people maybe tuned in a bit later, wh- why did you kind of decide to get involved with all these different things? Um, certainly. Uh, well, I, I, you know, I have to go back to the early days of, of my uh, agency and my love for the internet and what I saw and, and um, you know, what was possible, uh, call it an early adopter, is uh, we were building um, uh, apps or applications before they were called apps. They were called widgets. Sure. Yeah, I remember those yeah. days. 
Yep. We, I mean, we have built uh, for, you know, a lot of the major studios, uh, uh, Warner Brothers and ABC, uh, Disney, ABC. I mean, I think we were doing 26 shows of, of uh, ABC, including Lost, uh, wow. and that was popular. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, and it was an exciting, exciting time. And, and, you know, when, when Apple, uh, obviously changed the world with, with the iPhone, um, it was like, Oh, wow. Okay. So we have a whole marketplace for, for apps. And, uh, this is also around the same time that, um, uh, the Academy of Television, uh, was really looking at, at, uh, broadband, and in fact, they weren't really looking at broadband. It was it was more, you know, they didn't understand that 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 broadband content could come from anywhere. It didn't have to actually reside on television. As we were building these applications through mobile devices, we were saying, look, I mean, people are going to be able to watch content from anywhere and and from any device. And so, you know, we need to rethink uh, what what it means to be excellence in television because content truly is key and always mm-hmm. has been. And now we can consume it from anywhere. I mean, look again, Netflix, that that's a, that's, that's a testament to that. And um, so we are, we're a part of the executive committee actually that, that helped to um, uh, define uh, the television Academy's acceptance of, of broadband. And that happened, I think, Oh my gosh. I'm so I'm like, uh, now I'm, I'm looking, thinking back, it was started in like 2006, but it wasn't until 2008 that, uh, uh, broadband content would be uh, accepted and as a, as an Emmy, which is and wild so, to me. But yeah, okay, sure, it makes sense now. Yeah, but yeah. and now we don't even think twice about it, right? Because House of Cards was sure. one of the first uh, actual winners of an Emmy, and and that show had never touched the network television. Right. So right. there is a um, real shift that happened at that time, and Mobile Excellence Awards uh was had was really in its early inceptions in fact sarah miller uh the founder of of the mobile excellence awards and people like uh daniel tibbetts and john ruby and mm-hmm. um you know uh, uh john roberts they call him jpr um <laughs> you know these were all people that were in uh the entertainment industry and you know not really mobile which is the funny part i think i was one of the only that were actually had an agency that was developing for the mobile interesting industry but they were coming from it from an entertainment side i mean john ruby was was with aeg and music and how music was was really moving to shifting to mobile um uh daniel tibbetts and and uh jpr john roberts were coming at it from from content production and creation and and actually Daniel was even uh, part of an early mobile um, uh, company uh, that was delivering uh, mobile content. So that yeah, was a long way of kind of saying, right? We were we were this group of of uh, um, champions, if you will, that you know cheerleaders sure. that were saying, hey, you know, mobile, mobile's here. In fact, we you know starting the mantra of mobile first. I love it. And, you know, in the early days of the MEAs, Mobile Excellence Awards, um, you know, it was pretty small, I will say. There wasn't a lot of, you know, like, what is this and, and why does it matter? And um, But today, you know, we're about to celebrate our 10-year anniversary, and it's it's amazing to, to see, wow, what has happened in the last 10 years? Sure. And especially when it comes to mobile. Yeah, that's, that's amazing, man. And, you know, sadly... 
we're, we're kind of coming to the end of the show. So, you know, and I'm excited to actually meet you in person in, in January at, at the Media Excellence Awards. But I really want to mention, just to close the show, where people can get more information about kind of yourself, Immortal, Impact PPA, and, and kind of anything else that you want to mention because you're, you're involved in a lot and we kind of just kind of scratched the surface on kind of everything that you've, you've done and been involved in. So maybe mention where people can get more information about all that stuff. Well, I, I appreciate it, Kevin, and really thank you again for uh, your time. And I look forward to, to seeing you as well, um, the Mobile Excellence Awards. Uh, so that's uh, January 18th. Um, you can go to uh, mobilexawards.com. Uh, um, and it is, you know, shorthand MEAs, uh, our 10-year anniversary. We, uh, uh, if you're interested in our healthy beverage, our healthy energy, uh, you can certainly uh, check that out at immortal.com, and it's how you phonetically say it, immortal, I-M-M-O-R-D-L.com. Uh, and for those, uh, you know, um, interested in the, in this uh, amazing, crazy new uh, shift to blockchain and, and uh, cryptocurrency, um, uh, by all means, check out uh, impact, impactppa.com. And those are the three locations where you could find a little bit more about what we're working on. Perfect, Scott. Well, again, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to be on the show. I look forward to keeping in touch with you and seeing you next month. So have a good rest of your day, man, and we'll talk soon. I uh, thank you, Kevin, and thanks to everyone out there because uh, this is an exciting time, and I'm I'm very happy to be a part of it. Perfect, man. Thanks a lot. We'll talk soon. Okay, bye. Bye now. Thanks for listening. Please visit the show's website at buildingthefutureshow.com. Also, check us out on Facebook at Building the Future Show, and follow us on Twitter at Building Show. The music for the show is done by Electric Mantra. You can check him out at electricmantra.com and keep building the future.